following podcast is a production of Radio Felician, the voice of Felician University and the home of alternative rock done right. Download the Radio Felician app via the Apple app or Google Play stores or stream us 24-7 worldwide at RadioFelician.com. Radio Felician, the Falcon. Welcome to the Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. A podcast from Felician University in New Jersey, exploring current issues in healthcare, speaking to leaders in the field, and preparing the next generation of nurses. Your hosts are Dr. Daria Wazak and Dr. Elizabeth Van Dyke, Associate Deans of the Felician University School of Nursing. Welcome to the Felician Lantern. I'm Daria. And I'm Liz. I'd like to introduce our esteemed guest, uh, Dr. Donna Watridge, CNO of Newton and Hackettstown Medical Center, part of the Atlantic Health System. Donna has been the Chief Nursing Officer of Newton and Hackettstown Medical Center. She's dedicated nearly 30 years to the nursing profession, being inspired by both her beloved mother and aunt, who were local school nurses uh, who shared their knowledge and compassion at home and extended throughout many communities. Donna has made her commitment to excellence in patient care her top priority from the beginning of her career as a brand new graduate working in various roles in multiple departments. While in her rise to leadership roles, she's participated in shared governance on many levels and uh, led several new programs, including sports cardiology, cardio-oncology, STEMI programs launch at both Newton and Hackettstown Medical Center, and also um, the Achievement of Nursing Improving Care and Health of Elders uh, designations. She's also led the implementation of leading-edge electronic health record systems um, and uh, laboratory software systems. Both medical centers both earned uh, Level 3 geriatric accreditation for their emergency departments with her guidance. Donna received her Bachelor's of Science in Nursing from William Patterson University, uh, also my alma mater, and her Master's in uh, Business Administration from Seton Hall University. As a member of the Organization of Nurse Leaders, New Jersey, American College of Cardiologists, and American Association of Critical Care Nurses, Donna has been a national voice on medicine uh, reconciliation and first nursing management practices. Donna was also recently recognized by Bechter Hospital Review and achieved the New Jersey Girl Scouts Women of Achievement um, Award. Uh, We are so esteemed and we are also honored to have you with us. And recently you were awarded the 2022 Nurse Excellence Award from the Organization of Nurse Leaders for New Jersey. So congratulations on that. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year and good morning. Thank you. I hope you all had a wonderful um, holiday season. We did. We did. And I was privileged enough to attend that award ceremony where you received that award. It's just fantastic. Great work. Oh, and, uh, and um, down at O&L? Yes. Yes. That was a great event. It was a great event. <laughs> we had a great speaker. <laughs> all in. <laughs> all in. Yeah, all in. That was great. Thank you for sharing that. So our topic today uh, deals with something that too many nurses um, in the healthcare field can unfortunately relate to, uh, which is namely workplace violence. Um, Right off the top of my head, I can think of several occasions um, in my career personally and also in some of my colleagues' careers uh, where this has personally, you know, has affected us. And I'm, I'm sure all nurses can think of something. 
Uh, the statistics are staggering. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that the rate of injuries from violent attacks against medical professionals grew by 63% um, from 2011 to 2018. And hospital safety directors say that aggression against staff escalated as the COVID-19 pandemic uh, intensified in 2020. Um, in a more recent survey by the National United Nurses, which is the nation's largest union of registered nurses, 48% of the more than 2,000 respondents um, reported an increase in workplace violence. This is more than double the percentage um, from the prior year. So, Donna, we really uh, would love to explore this topic with you first. Um, but before we get into this conversation, um, can you just please explain your role to our audience um, in your uh, what you do as chief nursing officer? So as you um, very eloquently discussed in, in my bio, I've been a nurse for over 30 years uh, and I've been in healthcare. I started with my uh, with was truly had an uh, inspiration from my family. And just to add, my son just recently graduated um, nursing school and passed his board. So he is also a nurse. So it is truly what I'm going to describe is it's in the blood and it's a family tradition. Yes. So I have to, I, I have to I have to throw that out as well. Uh, I am incredibly passionate about patient care um, and the delivery of care and supporting the team uh, to ensure that they have all the resources. And that's a part of my job is to ensure that they have all the resources and resources is defined by a number of different ways. Certainly the most, our most obvious resource and um, what we need the most is the people. Right. People are our most valued resource. So responsible for ensuring that we have the appropriate resources, but we also need the tools and the equipment, as we saw during the pandemic, where we had these national shortages of, um, of protective um, PPE supplies, right, the personal protective equipment. So that's the other piece of my job is that we need to is to ensure that we have the right people and the right places at the right times and that they have the appropriate resources, including the tools. Tools are physical tools that we use, such as PPE, but also the education that they need um, and coordinating that. Really responsible for all of nursing practice at both Newton and Hackettstown, establishing uh, practice standards based on national standards and processes and protocols to ensure that we are creating a safe environment quality improvement and overall uh, operations on, on under nursing. Um, and we are a high reliability uh, organization and uh, I am a high reliability uh, trainer as well as a, the, lead for the safety coaches. And we'll get into a little bit more about high reliability and how it integrates and what the difference is uh, when we talk about workplace violence and how do we integrate both of those concepts. So what exactly encompasses workplace violence? Is it just a, a physical uh, a, a component or is there is there more to it than just uh, just the physical, what we think of violence? Yeah, it, it's very easy for us to think that workplace violence is just is just physical, but it goes so so far beyond um, just um, just a physical assault. Um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA as we call it, describes workplace violence as any physical th assault, threatening behavior, verbal abuse occurring in the work in the work setting. Um, so that that is a really broad a really broad topic. By OSHA standards, threats, harassment, intimidation, 
we don't think about intimidation as as a workplace violence, but it really can impact how we interact with patients, how we interact with our colleagues, and how we interact with each other. Emotional abuse constitute workplace violence, and violence doesn't always have to be physical. Uh, have to be physical to put uh, victims in safety, and you know, being impacted by any one of those. Uh, harassment, threats, intimidation is all encompassing in workplace violence. And I think what's so important is that we understand that definition and we understand what I will describe as, you know, at-risk behavior um, and identifying those at-risk behaviors in, in, in patients so that we can protect ourselves. Uh, the CDC uh, talks about four types of workplace violence. Um, criminal intent, client on worker violence, worker on worker violence, and personal relationship violence. And, you know, we we see that, we see that a lot um, when we talk about workplace violence. Predominantly nursing is uh, female, although we're gaining many more um, male um, colleagues, which is, which is incredible and great. Um, but, you know, when we talk about personal relationship violence, it's important for us to acknowledge that as well. What type of workplace violence are you seeing in, in the healthcare setting and, and what do you think some of the root causes are? So what we're seeing, uh, so there are many different common reasons for workplace violence. Uh, staff shortages, increased patient morbidities, um, meaning that they're sicker and they, they have, um, they're, they're coming to us with more complex conditions. Exposure to violent individuals. Um, we know that there's a national behavioral health crisis going on. And so more of those patients, uh, what we saw particularly nationally during COVID, we had massive you know, closures and shutdowns nationally, locally, regionally, nationally. And many patients were not able to get, seek the care that they needed for some of their medical conditions and some of their behavioral health conditions so that we see um, more exposure to violent patients. The absence of the strong workplace prevention programs and protective regulations. So there are uh, legislation that's moving forward to help protect some of that. Um, and that there are barriers to eliminating workplace violence against healthcare workers. And one of the things we need to do is to be able to recognize what those, what those situations are, identify that at-risk behavior, and then de-escalate uh, de team members and get the resource. We may not always be the resource that we need um, working with our physician colleagues, working with the security teams um, and our patient safety officers to collect the data, to identify what the what what are triggers in, in each institution, because, you know, we we see that nationally. And so we're collecting those statistics nationally. So you mentioned uh, COVID-19. Um, so have you seen an uptick um, from your perspective in workplace, workplace violence um, since COVID-19? And do you think that, you know, healthcare workers in general, because obviously, you know, workplace violence could be in any realm, in any field. Um, and certainly we, we always, you know, unfortunately hear the, the news uh, in, in the evening and uh, about what happened during the day. And it's not always healthcare. But do you think that healthcare workers are more uh, at risk uh, as compared to other fields as far as workplace violence? I think we're all at, everyone is at risk for workplace violence. You talked about watching the news. Mm -hmm. um, just think, yeah. you know, recently over the last, I think COVID-19 had an impact um, globally, clearly uh, with how we address um, the pandemic. 
but you know, we were, things were shut down and we were isolated. People were isolated. That isolation creates unintended consequences. Think about all the things that, you know, for speaking non-nursing for a second, you know, when we watch the news, all the airlines that have issues on the airlines and that the planes have to get diverted because there are disruptive passengers on, on airlines. We hear about the disruption in, in many restaurants. People don't want to wait for their tables and they don't understand because, you know, the place is half empty because they don't have uh, people to staff them and people get very disruptive in restaurants. So it is in every asset of our life that we, we see workplace violence, particularly in healthcare. The American Hospital Association reports that healthcare workers suffer more workplace violence injuries because, <clears throat> pardon me, of the violence than any other profession. The industry group says that 44% of nurses report an increase in physical violence since the pandemic and 68% report an increase in verbal abuse. Um, while safety and security are of our utmost importance, the healthcare environment must also create a welcoming and restorative environment for patient and caregivers. So we we understand that people are going to, uh, you know, are behaving this way in very disruptive and non-healthcare environments where people are healthy. We are working with the, uh, in the healthcare settings where people are seeking healthcare where they may not be as healthy and in more chronic pain and in pain, not being able to breathe appropriately. So it can really um, accentuate some of those um, incidents. This is the Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. Donna, what has been your experience in regard to workplace violence from the CNO perspective? And also, have you seen workplace violence in some areas of your healthcare system more than others. For example, we would expect it to be more prevalent in the emergency department. It, it, yeah, it can happen anyway. And we just talked about uh, all the non-nursing areas, and I just mentioned just a few of them because those tend to make the headlines when a when a plane diverts and when you hear about some of these disruptions in um, some of these restaurants. But yes, workplace violence can occur anywhere in, in an organization. And we have to be very mindful about that. What we what we focus in healthcare is really, and what we see nationally is the focus is on the entry points of healthcare. Uh, and the emergency department, as you just explained, is an entry point in, in into our healthcare into our healthcare facilities. But we also need to be mindful of physician offices, right, in outpatient office practices, because that can be another entry point. Um, the entry points to an acute care setting, or what we call uh, hospitals, is the front lobbies. When we're asking people to maintain uh, masking, and so we see and we hear nationally uh, the challenges of masking. And there's a whole masking debate. We won't get into the debate, but the <laughs> CDC recommends that we we continue to mask in healthcare facilities. And it's challenging because there's no mask. Many times there's no masking uh, requirements in the grocery store, at the bank, you know, in the restaurants. But when you cross the threshold of the hospitals, there's there's masking. So we provide masks, but we do see that's another area opportunity across the country where we do see where we do see violence. Um, we also talk about, uh, you know, you talked about the ED, but some of the inpatient settings have also seen across the country an increase in workplace violence because of the we talked earlier about the comorbidities. There's uh, polysubstance abuse and much more of that. Um, post-pandemic 
And so we're seeing some of the those patients um, being a much more disruptive um, in the inpatient settings. So it is really in every aspect of life where we have to be aware of our settings. And I think that's a big point to to, to um, talk about is it's not just in a healthcare. Yes, we're here focusing about healthcare, but we need to, in a high, in, with a high reliability mindset, it's um, not just about, it's, it's a change in, in what we do and how we act. And it's not just in our building and in our local spaces, but in our homes and in our communities, and how do we how do we take those lessons and bring them back and look for some of those at risk behaviors in in the community so that we can be mindful and and mitigate some of those. Now I know, like you mentioned, as far as COVID is concerned, and pre and post COVID, it's like COVID is like kind of like that 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 line that kind of changes what mm-hmm. was in the past versus what we're currently facing. And, you know, I can think of in the past in my, you know, 20 plus years in nursing, thinking about, you know, how we dealt with in, in the ED, how we dealt with a disruptive uh, family member or patient. And, you know, now post COVID or during COVID or however you want to define it now. So what do you think has changed in as far as the response to workplace violence, whether it be, you know, emotional, whether it be physical, whether it be threats, you know, how how has the hospital systems, how have they start to change their focus um, to kind of, you know, shut it down and, and try to uh, mitigate some of uh, what's what's coming through the door? So I think there are a couple different ways that we do that. Um, and, you know, we're looking for the American Hospital Association and other provider groups are urging Congress to enact bills to protect healthcare workers from violence that is modeled um, after protections for aircraft and airport workers. So I think, you know, that at a national level, those are some of the some of the things. Uh, some of the other topics of conversation are really is the communication. We just need to start talking about workplace violence. And you know, you started out by asking the question, is it just physical? And I think people think that it is just uh, physical and it is so much more than that. So I think we really need to educate our our communities. We need to educate our students uh, at an undergraduate level uh, and at a postgraduate level, what truly constitute workplace violence. And we need, we need to talk about them. Part of the high reliability journey is really having those conversations and identifying um, patients, uh, people, uh, family members with that with that behavior. When we start to see that escalation, and we start to identify what what is escalation, educating on escalation, and then educate uh, the communities, our nursing students, our team members, our colleagues, on how do we de-escalate. And sometimes that's removing ourselves. Sometimes that's bringing in additional resources, or which may be, uh, you know, uh, behavioral health clinicians, uh, physicians, different, uh, you know, behavioral health nurses, as well as security personnel to help de-escalate. Um, the other thing that we're seeing nationally is that you know we work with our patient safety officers across the country on education. And it's the education of how do we verbally de-escalate, but also how do we protect ourselves? Hands-on education that we can protect ourselves. So we understand that if if a team member got um, was put in a situation where they might get hurt, how do they remove themselves safely from that situation? And then it's all about escalation. We talked about escalation, but what does that actually mean? 
who do I call when, when something is happening? And being aware when to call and then who to call. And then if there's not an appropriate response or a response that is a, a what they feel is appropriate, that we continue to escalate, which is also a part of our high reliability journey. So I think those are things that we work on uh, locally, regionally, but also with Congress to enact a bill to protect healthcare, by, uh, healthcare uh, workers. You're listening to The Felician Lantern, shining a light on everything nursing. Are there any particular tools that have been effective for employees, managers, administrators, and de-escalation? So, yeah. So, uh, the organization, the American Association of Nursing Leaders and what we call the ENA, which is the Emergency Nurse Association, recommend hospitals and system, healthcare systems um, to follow the following principles to expand workplace violence. You talk about how do we prevent um, so uh, part of that is ground workplace violence prevention programs using evidence-based strategies. And we talked some about those, the de-escalation and the hands-on on the hands-on training, employing comprehensive solutions, rec- recognizing intersecting layers of intrusive customer relational and organizational violence, defining it, uh, putting the mitigating uh, workplace violence by establishing support through the breadth of an organization once somebody is um, a victim of workplace violence, we need to offer them the right support, the emotional support, uh, physical support, and we need to care for them. We talk about creating the culture of safety in the healthy work environment and HRO, ensuring interprofessional teams, leadership, team members, patients and visitors are committed to reporting incidents and acting to prevent uh, further violence and emphasizing accountability regardless of the role or discipline to hold up foundational standards of non, non-violent behavior. So those are just some of the few recommendations and we talked about them in, uh, in terms earlier as well. Do you think nurses just kind of accept this as part of the job? I mean, I've heard that before and I've even heard like a few years back some, some nurses saying, oh, workplace violence again. Oh, I've heard enough about that. What, what do you think nurses think about workplace violence and has it changed? So I, I hear some of the same things. Um, and from when I meet with my colleagues, we, we, they think it's a part of the job and it really, you know, it, it's not, it's not something that we need to tolerate, which is why it's so important. We educate on what the definition is and we continue to talk about workplace violence in a conversational manner in a non-threatening manner and non-punitive manner and talk about what it means. How do we deescalate? Uh, and identifying those at-risk behaviors and doing the proper and the proper hands-on training. And our roles in leaders across the organization and across the country is to really, really put workplace violence in the forefront and talk about it. Um, what, what is it? Because what it means to one person when we talk about intimidation and threatening behavior may mean something different to somebody else. So I think um, biases come into that conversation. We have to remove the biases and really have a very candid conversation about what it what it means and how do we and how do we address it and what are your tools at each organization has very similar tools that we're talking about here but the names and the titles associated with some of those tools and resources may be different so i think it's important for students to be educated on that and uh what it means how to protect themselves and who who they who they're the, the chain of command and escalation processes. 
So you mentioned a lot about students. So, you know, coming from Felician and and our perspective is as far as education uh, in both undergraduate and graduate students, how can nursing faculty help prepare uh, students, you know, the undergraduate students who may not have ever stepped foot into a patient care arena before, or our graduate faculty are preparing, you know, uh, you know, advanced practice students, how can we better prepare our students um, to handle the challenges and the realities of workplace violence? So I think it definitely needs to be a part of the curriculum. Um, you know, we talk about what to expect when uh, when we when we educate our um, undergraduate students on on you know diabetes or heart failure, right? We talk about these different ailments, or we need to talk about workplace violence in the same kind of context. What does it mean? How does it how does it interact? Um, how do you how does it how do you view workplace violence? And, you know, how do you see it? And, you know, what does it look like from an intimidation standpoint? What does it look like from a verbal abuse standpoint? So that we can learn to identify it at that level so that we can work on preventing it and escalating it at what we would call those are the at-risk behaviors when people are starting to escalate. And I think it's the education of what workplace violence is and how they relate to workplace violence. I think it needs to definitely be a conversation. When you walk into a clinical setting, you're not sure, you know, assessing their environment, but part of that environment assessment, right? You walk into a room when you're seeing a patient in a clinical setting, in, a, in an outpatient setting, you see, are they agitated? Are they fidgety, right? We, we, we talk about all those things, but we don't always put it in context with workplace violence and how do we mitigate some of those circumstances. Um, so that we we protect our our team members and our students. So I think education is really the way to go. Um, but really talking about risk risk assessment, verbal de-escalation, and then you know the how we protect ourselves, and then the uh, resources and tools available to us needs to be a part of um, every curriculum. Sounds like a, a great, you know, case study, ongoing case study, you know, like <laughs> developing and being able to talk to the students and, you know, even role playing um, and, and walk, walking through different situations. I could definitely see that uh, being a, a positive uh, influence uh, for students for later on when they when they move into the, the actual physical uh, healthcare arena. So and I think it's important. Um, hopefully people are not. Uh, they're not impacted by it, but for people who witness it or have been a victim of workplace violence, it's important to get their feedback and listen to what they have to say uh, about the events, how how they make them feel, and you know what happened leading up to it. You read so many stories. Uh, I was reading several stories, and you read them in the journals about sometimes things come out and you know these. The violence comes out of nowhere and it, it, it's very unpredictable. So we have to create settings so that that we uh, protect ourselves from some of that unpredictable behavior. And I could see academia can be certainly involved when we're, I can hear you that the focus really needs to be on awareness, education and prevention. Yes, so I excellent. think it's so important that we educate and uh, prevention is truly the key to how we're going to, uh, you know, combat workplace violence. Do you have any final words of advice or encouragement to those who may have been affected or witness workplace violence? 
So final words are, if you've been a victim or impacted by workplace violence, I really encourage everyone to talk about it, bring it up to their leaders um, so that we can evaluate and put, you know, what when we can, proper procedures and processes in place um, and, and create the environment. Um, that might be room design, use different things, right? How do we create the right environment for so that we can identify it? I think talking to, to people is so important in recognizing that they, they've had this happen to them so that they can continue to heal, so that they can continue to be uh, great caregivers that they are. I think working with the schools such as yourself, and I appreciate the opportunity to be with you to talk about such a really very important topic um, that branches all into so many different fields. And yes, we're here talking about healthcare, but we do, we do need to be mindful about workplace violence in every setting as we hear about it nationally in on the airlines and in some of these other places. But, you know, there have been shootings across the or, you know, across the country um, in healthcare in, in healthcare, uh, you know, I think most recently in Texas, that we just have to be aware of our surroundings. And I think training, education, um, and listening to people is 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 really how we are going to get the message out. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being our esteemed guest today and for really shedding um, such a, 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 a focus and a light on this topic of workplace violence. It's It's been a while since we've, at least myself and, and, and Diary, we've been talking about this, and I really think that bringing it back to light, um, especially now that we begin the new year, uh, mm-hmm. really uh, thank, thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your schedule to uh, address this topic and really bring um, some clarity and and also uh, food for thought and as we move forward and as we educate uh, the upcoming nursing generation. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Have a great day. This podcast has been a production of Radio Felician, the voice of the Franciscan University of New Jersey. Visit us anytime at RadioFelician.com. Want to send an email? Reach out at radiostation at Felician.edu. Radio Felician, the Falcon.